And I want to talk to you for a minute about the power of an invitation. I'm in church today because one day somebody invited me to come to church. I was not a churchgoer. I was in my 20s and not gone to church. And here I am today. So I want to remind you that there are several people here today. They're here. You know why? They were invited. One of my dear friends is here today, and I just want to praise God for that. He and I, I gave him an invitation 10 years ago to sit down with me. Sit down with me and let me share with you from God's word what it means to have a relationship with him. And not only did he get saved that day, but he became a very integral part of a ministry that we all know and love here at Walk, and that is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Not only did he get involved with the ministry, he helped support that ministry in a big, big way. So as we look back 10 years together, we look back not only on you coming to know Christ as your Savior, but a ministry that is still going strong today. So thank you for being here today. I really appreciate that. Well, today we're going to be talking about the blessings that we have seen and heard articulated by our pastor in a very powerful way. I don't know about you, but when something is offered to me, I want it all, right? And when God says, I have all these spiritual blessings for you, I want every one of them. So to kind of kick us off this morning, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 defines for us what we've been learning in this particular chapter. The Bible says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I want to remind you, that's God talking to you this morning. And he has promised you those spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And as they've been articulated over the last few weeks, as we've been going through this chapter talking about a blessed life, there are some of these that truly move my heart. You know what really moves my heart? Is knowing that I've been adopted into God's family. And if you are here today and you put your faith and trust in him, you've been adopted into his family as well. I think about adoption in a big way. My sister Kelly, I was 10 years old. She was three days old. We adopted her into our family. And you know what's so cool about it? We chose her. We want you. We want you to be our sister. And she's closer to me because of that than if she was my biological sister. Isn't that cool? That's the power of adoption. But not only did he adopt me into his family, he says, Dean, through Jesus Christ, you will be redeemed through his blood. And you will be forgiven for past, present, and future sin. Boy, I need that. I don't know about you, but we live in a world where we're, we're inundated by the ways of this world. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But not only did he forgive us, here's the, the one that really moves me. Because you give me something to hold on to and make sure it doesn't get lost, I'll lose it. Right? He gave me this incredible gift of salvation, and he has sealed me until the day of redemption. I can't lose it. Oh my goodness, I can't lose it. Yes! Let's clap to that. I have something that will last for eternity. And then... One of the other spiritual blessings that we've talked about last week, the power. The power that we saw in the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. There's a lot of religions that worship little g gods. Those gods have died, 
and they've gone off into eternity. They didn't come back. We have one God that overcame death. And because of his victory, we're victorious. And that's what today's all about. Because of that power, we are victorious in him. We don't have to live a defeated life. And I know we get out there in the world and we, we find ourselves you know, caught up in the things that, that happen and we get depressed and we get down on ourselves. Remember this after today. You're a part of something very, very special that you're going to see from God's word. And because of that, you and I are victorious. Amen? So that's what we're going to look at today as we turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. We close off this chapter with verses 22 and 23. Now because of this incredible power that Pastor Hyden articulated last week, we as the church are in a very special place. And that's what we find in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. And the Bible says, and he put all things. I want you to camp for a minute about the word all. In Greek, that means all. All things. He says, and he put all things under his feet. And gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. We belong to him. We are his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Father in heaven, we can't go any further without acknowledging you here this morning. Lord, this is your church. This is your body. And Lord, you are the head. Lord, is my physical head empowers my body. Lord, you empower the spiritual body, the church. Lord, we are many members as we'll learn today as a member of this body and father you empower us to be used by you not that you need us but you've chose us we thank you for that adoption we thank you for that promise we thank you for allowing you and and myself to to be one in each other lord thank you for that and every one of us here this morning who have put our faith and trust in you can say the same thing so father today be with us as a people lord as a nation, we're hurting right now. We're seeing our, our, our fellow neighbors in Texas just clearing out from a hurricane. And our, and our friends and family in, in Florida, Lord, are just now enduring the, the first impact of the new one. Father, I just pray that you be with those people in a very special way. Lord, you comfort them this morning and let them know that you're in charge. Father, we love you. We thank you for walk. We thank you for the two-year celebration, Father, that we will be taking part in next week. Thank you for what you've done over the last two years. But Lord, your book tells us very clearly, it's just beginning. Lord, we're going to see some incredible things take place over this new year. We love you. We thank you and praise you for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What is the body? What is the body? I have to liken it to my body, a physical body. You know, God gives us physical things to be able to see eternal things be able to see spiritual things. And I'm very fortunate. I, I praise God for the fact that I'm a somewhat healthy guy. My right arm works with my left leg. All of those things are kind of coordinating a little bit. Depending on what sport I'm playing, you might not agree with that. But the, the point is, it's a functioning body. Not all of our brothers and sisters have that ability. Amen? And we see those who have to fight through that day in and day out. And we pray for those people. But we are a body, and my body functions as my head empowers this body. 
Guess what? Because of the power of the resurrection, God now has a mission. And you know what that mission is? To let the whole world know who he is. And guess who gets to do that? We, the body. That's what the body's all about. And we're going to see here this morning the responsibilities that come with that. He's the king, and we're the kingdom. Amen? Think about what that body is capable of doing. Again, liking it to the physical, imagine a great doctor in our future one day who will find the cure for cancer. Wouldn't that be something? I think we've all been touched by that, either by somebody that we love or somebody who's gone through it or somebody's going through it. But imagine this great doctor finding the cure to cancer. Is he going to be able to go out and do that all by himself? No, he's not. He will have to empower a core of doctors and medical people around the world to be able to take that cure to the sufferers of that disease. How does that correlate to the body of Christ? There's this thing called sin. Amen? The Bible says we were born into that sin. And when I see the effects of cancer and the effects of sin, I liken that sin to a spiritual cancer. We're that core of doctors, per se, that God has empowered us with. He's given us what? The cure to sin. And what is that cure? Jesus Christ. We have hope like never before, regardless of what you're dealing with today. There's a lot of us here today that have life that goes on, and there's a lot of things that are taking place in life. A lot of hurt going on right now in our nation. But I just want you to know, he's the cure to that hurt. And when we have the opportunity to pray for our loved ones one day to be cured, it may not be physically here on this earth by a physical doctor. But through Christ, it will be for eternity. And you know what this body, the spiritual body called the church is all about? One day when we enter into eternity, the book of 1 Corinthians talks about the spiritual body that we will take on and reign with him forever and forever and forever. Isn't that cool? That's what this book tells us. That's what the Bible tells us. It lays that out. So the Bible very clearly tells us what this body is all about. And I want you to look with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 14, as we just get a really good idea this morning, as we close out Ephesians chapter 1, what does the body of Christ look like, and what are our responsibilities? Amen? I mean, if we're going to learn about the body, we should also learn about our responsibilities because it's you and me who become the arms, the legs, and the voice of Jesus Christ. We're the ones that tell the world about him. We're the ones that tell him about the cure of our spiritual cancer. And we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, or chapter 12, it says this in verse 12, For just as the body is one and has many members. You see that word? Many members. And all the members of the body, through many, are one body. So it is with Christ, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. He doesn't care what your color is. He didn't care what your social status is. He came for you. Amen? Amen. And then we see this. And all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member but of many. I know you're all comfortable here this morning. I know you're ready to take some notes, but I just want you to stand up for a minute. Just stand up. Every one of us. I want you to stand up for just a moment. Because this is pretty powerful. 
Now I want you to look around. Turn around, look around. This is the body. We are many members. Look at your neighbor and say, we are the body. We are the body. And together we're what? We're victorious. Amen? Look around. That's what we have today. We have the body. Walk Church is the body of Christ. You may be seated. But I wanted you to see that powerful picture. Sometimes we talk about the body of Christ. Okay. We talk about the responsibilities of the body. Okay. But as I look around and I see those that I've gotten to know over the last two years, and some of you really good here in the last several months, I know the talents that God has given you. Hey, the power of invitation. Good to have you guys. Anyway, it is powerful. It is powerful what God has given us in the body. And we are in this thing together. As we continue on, I want you to look to see now that there is one who organizes this body. And that takes us back to our main text this morning. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. He is the king of kings. Amen? He is the Lord of lords. The Omega. The Alpha, the Omega. And you and I are his kingdom. And he oversees us. The people that I wanted to say here a moment ago, the ones that I've gotten to know, the gifts that you hold are incredible. To see you as a couple or to see you as an individual and to see how God uses you, you bless me. I want you to know that. But take that times 150. What a crowd here this morning. Seriously. Do you see the power that God has given us? Do you see now why when we say we're, we're celebrating two years next week, but it's just the beginning? Do you realize there's hundreds of churches that have started like this, that have turned cities upside down? God has blessed us with a pastor that is capable of bringing that spirit to this city. And he has assembled a team. He's assembled a team of leaders, and he's assembling a body of leaders. And guess who makes up those leaders? Look around. Look around. That's you. You're the body. That's how we're going to take that scary number of two plus million people in Las Vegas, and 92% do not have a church home. That's scary if you know the Bible like I do. That's scary when you know that there's one way to heaven. And I know when I say that, I've had people come to me and say, Preacher, you're an awful narrow-minded guy. Well, absolutely, sometimes yes, but not in this case. My God that I serve is a very narrow-minded God. Because in John chapter 14 and verse 6, what does he say? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's pretty narrow-minded, wouldn't you say? Yeah. But that's what the Bible says. And if there's anybody that wishes there was a loophole, it's me. Because there's a whole lot of people out there that I love and care for that don't want anything to do with what I have. Yeah. And it, it, it hurts the heart. You have the same people in your life. So that's what we see here this morning. Just like the human body, the body of Christ has functioning members. And without a healthy body... Life can be difficult. Ask some of our brothers and sisters who don't have a healthy body. Life can be difficult. Every day, working just to get up out of bed and to go through the, the acts of your life. That's a difficult thing. 
And you know what? There's a lot of churches that are like that. There's a lot of churches today that are disabled. You know why? They leave it all to the pastor. They leave it all to the guy that stands up front. He, meaning our pastor, can't succeed with the calling that God has given him without us. You hear me? This is not a me thing. This is a we thing. We are the body. And we need you. And that's what I want to share as we continue here this morning. I want you to hear me loud and clear. The body of Christ needs you to be a functioning member of this body. We need you. We need you really bad. Because we have a mission here in Las Vegas to reach the multitudes. Amen? And I believe the, the best is yet to come as we celebrate two years next week. Who's your two? Who's your four? Who's your five or six? They need to hear what God's doing here. The beautiful thing about some of these people who have been invited over the last several months, and they've come, and not only have they come to church, they started coming to small groups, our charge group. And just in the last three weeks, four weeks, I've had individual, couple, individual, couple come to me and say, we're making this our home church. You know why? Because of you. Look around. Because of the love that you show these people when they walk in. That we are serious about what God has given us to do. And they want to be a part of something. They want to have purpose in their life. There's something about that. There's something about just not living for yourself. It's not about you. It's about him. And one day for all of eternity, we're going to know that. It's not about me. It's about him. And he needs each and every one of us. But I want you to know something loud and clear. You need the body more than the body needs you. And I'm going to speak from an honest heart. One of our core values is we keep it 100, right? I've not always been a contributing member to the body of Christ. Uh, prior to our two-year start, I got really lazy as a member of the body. I got comfortable. I was one of those guys that came in late, heard the message, left as soon as the invitation was given. I did that for eight, nine years. Shame on me. Shame on me. I'm just being honest with you. And then you know what happened? God grabbed me by the face mask. <clears throat> you know, like some of those coaches have to do sometimes on the field. What the heck were you thinking when you threw that? Never mind. It's, it's opening day for football. Yeah. But the point I want to make is this. He put Hayden Ratner into my life. And Hayden, through the power of invitation, invited me to come to this church. I was going to one of the best church, one of the greatest churches that you can go to in this town. If not the country. If not the world. And I'm sitting there every Sunday with this, bless me if you can, Pastor. Doing my own thing. Play hooky a couple, two or three weeks in a row. Nobody would admit me, so no, what's the big deal? I got really lazy. And then when I got invited to come check out Walk, and then we got involved in one of those charge groups, you know what God said to me? You need this body more than I need you. He woke me up. I forgot what I was missing. 
I forgot the beautiful people that I was engaged with on a regular basis, being able to live out this life together with the mission that God has given us to share Jesus with the lost. I lost my passion for that. I was known prior to that as Evangelist Dean. I, I, you couldn't keep my mouth shut about Jesus. I stopped talking about him. I stopped sharing him. And when I found this body to plug into, oh my, puts a smile on my face. You know why? Because you're now part of my family. You're now part of me. And guess what? I'm now a part of you. And that's what I love about this. I want you to know, as we see here on the screen, I didn't want to lay it out in detail, but I just wanted you to see some of that. Maybe that's a, a page you need to take a picture of. It's just a note page for us to be able to see that Christ needs you in this body. But I need to be in this body. And why? Makes the body strong. If we're going to accomplish the mission that God has given to walk, we can't have a mealy-mouthed body. We can't have a, you know, just a, oh, we'll do what we can when we can. No, we have, to be, we have to be engaged. We have to have purpose. Amen? Because there's people out there that you and I both know and care for that need to hear what's going on in this church. And most of all, they need Jesus. And the Bible tells us very clearly where this spirit comes from. I want you to look with me to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Because of what Christ has done, because of the power of the resurrection, because of this body that he's the head of, he's saying loud and clear what your responsibilities are. And here's what he says to me. And this is what he says to you. I therefore urge you. <laughs> I'm urging you today too. And it says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice. It can't always be about you. Sometimes you've got to sacrifice a little time. Do you realize all the days and hours God gives us through the week? 24-7, seven, seven days a week. And we have a hard time making it here for an hour and a half. We have a hard time making it to charge group for a couple of hours. When you compare those three and a half hours, four hours to the rest of the week, gee, no wonder some of us are in the messes we're in. Why? Let me show you. It says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. That's what's happened. You've conformed. To the pattern of this world. Do you know why I sit back with this attitude, bless me if you can, Pastor, for eight, nine years? I had conformed to the world. Have you heard the story about the frog and the pail? You know, the frog was in a laboratory, had this big pail. Frog had all kinds of escape hatches to get out, and they had it on a burner. This water was room temperature. You know what they did? Every day they'd come in and they would turn up the they would turn on the burner one degree. Next day they would turn it up another. Not long thereafter, guess what happened? The frog boiled. The frog got so accustomed to that heat and that water that it didn't even see the need to escape. And that's what can happen to us. We can be like the frog. Don't be the frog. Don't conform to this world. The Bible says again, let's look at it in full context now. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, 
to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Those eight, nine years, I didn't have a clue, or did I really care about God's good, perfect will? It was just another day. You know why? Conforming. That's a bad place to be if you're conforming today. Don't allow yourself to be the frog. So, how is this living sacrifice accomplished? How can we plug into this? Again, we close up strong. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22-23. Quite frankly, this kind of message is a little convicting, right? If we're not quite where we need to be in the body, there's, there's, some, there's some knocks on the, on the heart by God. And God's saying, hey, I'm speaking to you this morning as he spoke to me through the studies of this passage. It's incredible. But there are many examples of what God would have us to do as a living sacrifice, but I only have time to give you about five, okay? So I'm going to go through these five. I want you to see them. And if they're a part of your life, great. If they need to be tweaked a little bit, get them tweaked. If they need to be completely changed, then change. Look what the Bible says. It says this right here in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. You know what I want to talk about here? You and I as a body need to promote truth and unity. Truth and unity. You know what I need to hear sometimes? And that's what I love about our pastor. He speaks truth. And I may not like it, but I'm sitting there listening to the message he brings to the table, knowing that he's been in the Word of God. Oh my, that truth will knock my heart. And I know it knocks yours too. If you're saved, you know Christ is your personal Savior. I know it's knocking on your heart. But you know what I want to give you? I want to give you right now permission. You see me out of line in an area, you got permission to come to me and be honest. Don't we all say, hey, I love when that guy's being honest, except when he's honest to me. <laughs> and then he's a jerk. A jerk. I cannot believe he told me that. Two days later. Well, yeah, maybe he was right. Yeah, yeah maybe I need to uh, take heed to that. But true? That's one of our core values. Keep it 100, right? And that's what I love about Pastor Hyden. He keeps it 100. He doesn't, he doesn't pull any punches. You know why? Because he's not punching with his physical self. He's just laying it out what God tells us, right? And that's where we need to be involved. So we need to promote truth. And when we promote truth, you know what that does? It brings this body into unity. And that is a strong body. There's a lot of bodies out there under the name of a church, but they're not true to each other, and therefore they're not unified. Does that make sense? So if we're going to be a living sacrifice, if we're going to sacrifice our time with each other, Let's be honest with each other. If there's a brother or a sister that comes to you and, and, and says blah, 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 and, and, and there's some correction that needs to be made there, do it with love. But lay it out there according to God's word and say, have you thought about this? Get involved here. Do that. Maybe stop doing this, doing that. Call them out. God calls us out when we read his Bible. The problem is we don't read his Bible because we know when we look in the mirror, we're going to go, ooh. And that's what the word of God is likened to. 
It's likened to a mirror. Well, not only is that sacrifice to be true and unified, it's a call to service. Let me tell you something. It's a sacrifice for me to be here today. I'm missing out on the first 10 o'clock football games. Just like all of you are. Right? Yeah, I know how it is. You can, you can, TV, you know, you can, you can record them. And, and no, here's what happens. You have somebody call you, they text you, and they tell you exactly where your team's at. One day, I pull up to a drive-thru on a Sunday morning to pick up something to eat so I can get up and watch the game, and the guy comes running up to the guy at the thing. He goes, the Chiefs won! I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. just happens. But it's a sacrifice is what I'm trying to say. Sometimes getting involved in the body of Christ sacrifices time. Look what we read here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all to everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Wow. You people are gifted people. We started our charge group here about four weeks ago. I've just been sit back in awe hearing you people talk about what God's doing in your life and how you're overcoming this and overcoming that. It challenges me. It blesses me. But it challenges me to do better, to be more involved. When I look at the things that I get myself involved with at work and play, and the stuff that I find myself doing, and I can't sacrifice a little bit of time for the one who saved me. And as I was reminded Thursday night, put on the right-hand side of God. Placed right there with Him. Right there with Him for all of eternity. If you're saved this morning, you know what? That's your place right now. That's where you're at. That's who's in charge of this body. Well, in order to be a loving sacrifice... A living sacrifice, we're called to share our Lord and Savior. Those eight or nine years, as I said, bless me if you can. You know what I was saying to my neighbors and my friends? Uh, if you get saved, you get saved. It's not going to come from me. I wish you the best. As I said a moment ago, one of my dear friends is here this morning who I got a chance to sit down with, showing what God's Word said. And right then and there, God just humbled his heart and said, I need to get saved. It's hard to argue when you've got the Bible telling you that you must be born again. It doesn't say that you should be born again. And you know what we've done? We've allowed the world to take that phrase and use it against us because if we use that phrase now, we're fanatics. Let me tell you something. Go to John chapter 3. Go to verses 1 through 7. Tell me what color those words are. That's Jesus talking. Don't let the devil... Don't let our enemy, don't let this world take our word that God has given us and turn it into a fanatic. You want to know a fanatic? Turn your football game on this afternoon and when the camera scans into the crowd, that, that's a fanatic. And that used to be my life. That's what I used to live for. Sports was my God. And then God saved me from that. So thankful for that. The sacrifice that God has called us to. A living sacrifice. We're called to worship. Are you hearing me? I want to take a long look at this one here. 
Psalm 92, it says in verse 1, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Did you hear that? Now, beside those of you who are great singers in the shower and karaoke in your own car, when do you sing praises to God? We do a lot of it right here. Michelle and her worship team, when they come up here and they lead us every week, you know what they're leading us to? A spirit of humility. You realize that? You know why that worship hour is so important? It's, it's setting my heart to get ready for the word that we're about to eat. It's like going to somebody's house for dinner, or when somebody comes over to our house for dinner, my wife takes great time and preparation to set the table. To present the meal that we're about to have. That's what I love about that. And you sit down and you take part in that meal. Guess what we're doing here this morning? We're eating. We're eating God's word. We're just yummying it up. Some of it is kind of like broccoli to some of you, but that's okay. You, you'll, you'll, you'll grow accustomed to it. It'll taste, it'll taste better after a while. But you know what I'm saying. Some of the things that we find in the word of God, to me, are like liver and onions. Ugh. But you know what? I can't pick and choose, can I? So are you ready for me to get 100 again? Okay, now I'm going to point at you a little bit. Okay? You promise not to get mad, why? Yeah. You're not going to throw anything at me because you're on the front row. Okay. Hear me, guys, please. And I don't know what's happened in our society, but we've gotten really lax when it comes to being on time. Why do I say that? When you're not on time to be here, you miss out on that. You miss out on the table being set. You miss out on your heart being touched and humbled and challenged. You miss out on that. Let me tell you something. In my business, if I'm late to a board meeting, if I'm late to a field meeting, if I'm late to meeting with my crews around the western region, you know what I'm telling them? I'm more important than you are. When we're late, we're not very respectful. I'm just being honest with you. We're saying to those people, I'm more important than you. I'll get there when I get there. We okay? Everybody okay? Because I'm not done yet, all right? I'm just making sure there's not any water bottles flying my way. It's kind of hard to see with these bright lights. But hear me. We're not late like that at work. If you are, you're not going to last very long. Don't you think he's just as important? Why is he not just important? You know what the football coach used to tell me? McQuillan, on time is not 10.30. It's 10.15, 15 minutes ahead of time. You're late at 10.30. Oh, oh, wow. Thank you, coach. And I never forgot that. When I have to be at a meeting, you know what? I'm 15 minutes ahead of time. Why? Because I'm on time then. When I get there right on time, I'm not really prepared. I'm trying to, like, well, you know, what am I going to Get here on time, guys. It's for your benefit. Yeah. Hear me. It's for you. Michelle and the worship team, don't do what they do just to be heard in the background. And then we have those that are back there yakking it up. And I understand it's good to see each other, but yak it up afterwards. 
We're here for a reason. Part of that sacrifice is what? It's to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, Almost High. When you're late, it hurts you. People say, I come to church and you know what? It, it, it just, it's just not there for me. Let your heart be prepared. Let God speak to you through the song. There's some very convicting songs that we're going to hear throughout our time when we come to worship. And God is preparing us for the meat. You know what the meat is? It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. And then the last point that I want to share with you. When it comes to us being a living sacrifice, love each other. What I just said, by the way, I want you to know, I said it with all the love I could muster. Please. I want you to call me out, but I'm going to call you out when I see those things too. We as a church are perpetually late. And I'm just saying that in love. Okay? Just, amen? You all there? I step on your toe. Sorry. It's an hour and a half. That's all that got... We are not a late... What if we were late to a movie? I can't be two minutes late to a movie and watch the movie. I got to walk out because I, I missed the first two minutes. I'm just wired that way. I can't watch it. Let's love each other. Let's love each other through some of the things that we can get better at. Let's challenge each other in love. Why? Because being on time is for your benefit. And I want you to know that in a loving spirit. I love you all so much. I want you to know that. The last two years, me being a part of this body has been better for me than it has been for you. I, I, believe me. You have blessed me so much. Look what the Bible says about loving one another. 1 John 4.11 Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Wow. Today before, like ever before, we need each other. We are in a society today where the body is not as strong as it should be. And we need to tighten it up a little bit. Amen? It seems like every time I get a chance to preach, I, I get these messages that just sometimes, they, they just knock me out of my study chair. And I have to come and I can't hold back. So forgive me for that. If I've, if I've stepped on your toe to, today about that late thing, just pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. But I knew when I, when I saw the fact that we needed to be a living sacrifice and we needed to tighten things up and we need to be stronger as a body, that's one of the areas where we really need to tighten up. And when we're tight there, we're going to be tight in a lot of other areas. So I close with this. Look to the screen with me. Are you a contributing member? Are you a contributing member of the body of Christ? Why do I ask that question? Because I have not always been. Okay? It's a two-way street, right? What else do we have here? Are you contributing to peace and unity within the body? Or are you sowing discord within the body? One of the two, right? The body has to be unified. And we can't have that division within the body. If you've got an issue, the Bible says what? Matthew 18, 15, go to him and him alone. And if he hear you, you've gained back your brother. It's that go and gain principle that we all have heard and all know. 
Are you actively serving God and sharing Jesus with others? Do you realize, according to what I shared with you this morning, Jesus is the way, the only way? And if they don't know Jesus, the Bible says that my loved ones will go off into eternity without any hope. That should bother us a little bit. Look what else. Do you worship regularly? You might want to add that to your notes and on time. And do you love each other? I want to close with a very, very convicting song. And I want to give you just a few lyrics here before we listen to it. And I don't want the song to come on yet, and here's why. I'm not going to stand up here and pray with anybody. We're not going to have our prayer warriors up here this morning because the altar is open to you. You don't need me, you need him. And if you need to come and get something right, you don't need to confess it to me. You need to go and give it to him. All right? And what's going to start that off is a song by Casting Crowns. Have you ever heard it? If we are the body. If we are the body, why aren't the arms? Look at that. Why aren't they reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? If we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Listen to me, walk, church. We are the body. And when we all stood a moment ago and looked around at all the members, we have to be doing these things or we are not a strong body. We're just limping along from Sunday to Sunday. That's not what God's called us to be. He says, you know what? I want you to be a living sacrifice. So as you listen to Casting Crowns, just close your eyes, just bow before God and just take it in. And if God is calling you here before the altar this morning, that's between you and him. Please, let the song play. It's crowded and worship today. As she slips in, trying to fade into the faces, the girls teasing laughter is carrying farther than they know, farther than they know. But if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? 
heart every time I hear that song. I just pray that each and every one of us today understand the important part of the church. Because of the power of the resurrection, we are victorious. We have all that power at our disposal. And that old saying, many hands make like work, that's what's at hand here at Walk. So as we celebrate two years next week, the best is yet to come. You know why? Because so many of you are doing what the body should be doing. And that's what blesses me to be a part of this church. So thank you for allowing me to speak to you today in a very honest way. I hope it blesses you. I hope it challenges you. I hope it takes you to a new level in your walk with Christ. Because don't ever find yourself where I was for those eight or nine years. Bless me if you can. God wants to bless you with all those spiritual blessings. Amen. I love you all. Thank you. Enjoy.